This is Scott. This is Rebecca. Welcome to Hardy Party of Five and a Half. It's kind of like a variety show. That's right. A smile for your ears. So keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and let's see where this roller coaster takes us. So often I can slip into being a perfectionist instead of striving for excellence. Perfection is literally impossible. Something that has shaped my career has been hard work. My dad has just instilled in me this idea of like, be so good that they can't ignore you. It was senior day today here at Howe Field in Eugene, Janie Takeda. Yeah, look at her living large on that building. One of four seniors honored before the game and what a day at the plate for the two-time All-American going four for four. Home run, double, a couple of singles. Seeing at the plate, how good did it feel? You know, early in the weekend, I was being a little timid at the plate. Um, wasn't really quite feeling myself and my dad and Coach K really helped me walk through my at-bats and told me just be aggressive and be myself. So that's what really helped me today to just go up to the plate fearlessly. She had the hot shot that just bounced the wrong way for the United States the last inning. They, they've got one more at-bat to try and make something happen. Fujita sends one deep and J.D. Reed robs her of a home run and pulls it back into the yard. with the U.S. renewing its rivalry with Japan in the quest for gold. In the end, okay, so Japan took the gold, but you can still proudly call Team USA silver medalists. How lucky are we? The entire team is with us today. We got everybody uh, with us, and we're so happy to have you guys. Uh, Janie. <laughs> God, that got on my way. My sweet girl. To be standing up here with you today is nothing short of a supernatural miracle. Looking at you right now, I can't help but feel like the most undeserving man in the world. You are absolutely beautiful, Jeannie. Jake, I vow to remember who you are and believe the best in you. I vow to always have your back, whether you're standing right next to me or far away. I give you my loyalty and respect forever. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Scott. Oh, my word. Rebecca. What's up with your voice? Well, it left me yesterday at some point, and it hasn't come back yet. It just ran away. I don't know where it went. You sound like Demi Moore if she had pneumonia. Oh, my gosh. I'm not going for that. <laughs> but we already had this awesome interview on the calendar, and I wasn't about to miss it because, you know, big time women's softball sports, like, so great. I mean, so this interview is with Janie Reed. She played on the U.S. women's Olympic softball team. They took the silver. We already had this scheduled. I didn't care how hoarse I sounded. I'm coming after this interview. Yeah. You, you're here to play no matter what. I'm here to play. You're fighting through injury for us. That's right. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. And so without further ado, here's our interview with Janie Reed 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're so thankful you're here. So exciting. Like kind of fangirling. I mean, my favorite movies of their own. We play a lot of softball, you know, like we'll get to that, but just awesome. super cool to have you here as a yeah, couple absolutely. of old, a couple of old fans. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. We got a lot to talk about, so we will jump right in. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Okay. All right, Janie, we are welcoming you to Hardy Party of Five and a Half podcasts. And I think Scott's got the first question for you. I do. Um, okay. You grew up in California, right? So I read that every morning about 8 a.m. you did the same thing and it helped your dad get ready for work. So what did you do at 8 a.m. every morning when you grew up? Okay. When I, re- when I saw this question at first, I was like, what? Like, I couldn't think about what you guys were talking about. And then as I was going about my day today, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember who I must have told or how this information got out, but are you talking about how I would pick out my dad's outfits? Yes, exactly. For work? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, that's so funny. I don't remember ever saying that in <laughs> like an interview or anything like that. So I was like, how did they know that? That's um, so but yeah, I just, I don't remember how it started. Um, but I just loved all of my dad's ties and like and he's an optometrist, so he would wear like collared shirt, tie slacks to work every day. And yeah, I just started picking out combinations and he would wear them. <laughs> None of your kids pick out your clothes for you. Do That's that. never happened. Yeah. <laughs> the boys don't do that. I haven't had that happen. <laughs> I didn't think so. Yeah. Um, so we have three boys. They're all grown now. But we okay. all and we got married on a softball field. We got married at home plate. Yeah. So we love softball and you are the youngest of three girls. Right. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what that girl dynamic is like with boys. We know how they play in the house and wrestle and compete with each other. But what's it like with Allison and Michelle? I mean, are you, how is your relationship with them now, but also growing up, how did they spur you on as a kid? The youngest, I mean, they have a different take on things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, um, they could probably answer this question better than I could, but (laughs) Um, yeah, we were a softball family. My mom put Allison into softball when she was eight and, um, we, Michelle and I just followed behind. Um, and I, I really don't remember a time without softball in our family. And my earliest memories are, you know, going to their games, Allison's eight years older than me. So, um, I learned to keep score at a very young age. I had (laughs) my own little snack shack coin purse, um, to go get, snacks whenever I needed. Um, but yeah, I don't know what it's like growing up with brothers, but growing up with sisters, um, we definitely had our moments of (laughs) not getting along. Um, but it's probably not as rough as boys, but, um, yeah, it's more like, you know, getting mad at each other for stealing each other's clothes and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, as far as softball goes, I definitely wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for them. It was not, it was not my first love. Like it was, you know, my sisters and, um, I think they just at a younger age, they loved it more than I did. Um, and so, you know, even not in softball, but like my sister, Michelle, she's two and a half years older than me. And she did, um, vocal ensemble, like show choir in junior high. And like sparkly dresses, like dance routines at the whole competitions, the whole thing. If she hadn't done that, like I would have never had the courage to try out for something like that. You know, like we play softball, it seems so opposite. And so there are so many things that I'm just so thankful that like my sisters did 
and I could just like, you know, like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do, I'll try out for vocal ensemble too. But then thinking yeah. back, like I probably would have never done that. Or, you know, my parents knew so much about the travel ball uh, world in softball, be, uh, like by the time I got to that level, because my sisters had been through it before. So uh, my middle sister always jokes. She's like, yeah, I had to have the hard life so that you could live the good life. <laughs> <laughs> our youngest actually might say the same thing yeah, i think the youngest well and with parents i think you're you kind of do a trial and error on things and you <laughs> you learn as as you have more kids you kind of learn uh, oh this is what i need to do and this and is, the youngest kid yeah. tends to actually be like the most flexible like you're yeah. like all right cool i'll try it you know where yeah. older ones tend to like have a little bit more of a challenge testing those waters yeah that's true yeah. i know i remember like having that thought for the first time i'm like my parents are parents for the first time, you know, like <laughs> in your head, you're like, your parents are just always parents. And it's like, yeah, they're yeah. actually like doing all of this for the first time, even though like, I feel like they've just, they, that's all I know. They're parents. That's all you know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they've always been the age of when you were born. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they, they were never kids and never <laughs> messed up when they were youth. Or right. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So you had an amazing career at Oregon. And I, we have a list of things that happened at Oregon. You were a three-time All-American. You're the school hits leader. You're the leader in doubles, stolen bases, and you led. You helped lead them to three straight Pac-12 championships. And you met a certain guy named Jake Reed there. <laughs> so college, there was a lot going on in college. So what did what did the college experience mean to you? Oh my gosh, I like look back at college and I'm like. I, the, yeah, the list just goes on and on about the ways that, um, I grew as a person, as a softball player, it was just completely life-changing, which, um, is why I'm so grateful that I got to go to school at Oregon. Um, I got to play for Oregon. Um, I think it, the biggest thing for me was just moving out of Southern California and experiencing a totally different culture. Um, I loved just, how in Oregon, you know, they're kind of known as like the hippie state, but yeah. I mean, it's true. And the <laughs> greatest thing about it is that nobody cares, you know, it's like yeah. in Southern California, there's more like, you know, what car do you drive? What clothes do you wear and stuff like that. And in Oregon, it's just like, do you love life? Cool. Happy for you. And, <laughs> yeah. um, I just, um, yeah, a lot of ups and downs in college, but I look back and I'm just like, man, I'm so grateful that I had the resources to like, even in the lows to be able to grow from it, learn from it and become like a stronger, better person from it. So it was everything that I could have asked for. Yeah, that's so cool. So Jake Reed, you met Jake Reed in college and yes. he's a major league pitcher. Um, so tell us about like how you balance your athletic career and your thriving marriage, because I can only imagine, are you guys competitive with each other? Like, yeah. do you race to your car when you leave the grocery store? We would do that. <laughs> we kind of do that. We we're too old to do that now. Cause he'll always win. Now we just, our thing in the grocery store is I will throw food up in the air and he will always catch it behind me. Well, we hope always. always. We only yeah. dropped a pickle jar once. Yeah. That was a mistake. But most of the time you catch everything I throw at you. Um, so what about you guys? Are you competitive? How do you work with, how do you mesh the competitive life that you guys live with, with a thriving marriage? That's hilarious, first of all. And I can't <laughs> imagine what the smashed pickle jar looks like. <laughs> 
You just gotta um, run at that point. You just, you just run gotta the run. Next time. Yeah, when yeah. they when they're saying to clean up on aisle twelve, you make sure you're on thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, our life in the last year, especially, was just nuts. Um, and I think that we a we are definitely competitive with each other. Um, and like just in fun things, but I think also we have learned how to help each other in our sport and like what we need and we've helped each other grow. We've gone through similar things. And I think our competitiveness, um, in a real life way probably shows up the most in just like our willingness to make it work, you know, and Mm -hmm. make the crazy schedule work and to not let it get the best of us because there were plenty of times last year where I was like, you know, all my teammates are going home in between training camps and re-energizing. And I'm just going to wherever he is, you know, during that two weeks, still living out of a suitcase, you know, like it's, 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 it was like a huge challenge because you just never feel like that you know, oh, okay. I'm at home for a little, I can like recharge it. It was just like, go, go, go for 10 months straight. Right. And so I think that, um, I think in a, in a positive way, like we can, we can be like, you know what, this is like what we're supposed to be doing right now. And we're mm-hmm. going to keep pushing through and help each other out wherever we can. And, um, but yeah, then, the, then there's like, I can't remember what we were playing a couple of weeks ago and I lost like tw- twice in a row. And I just like, I'm like, I need to go upstairs for a second. Like <laughs> I need a moment. There might be some trash talking going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm the best trash talker. Yeah, you are. I'm not great at it. I can't back great. it up yeah. a lot, but I can talk it all day long. You are really good at it. <laughs> I love you could, that. You could give lessons on trash talking. <laughs> you really can. Yeah. So well, you to, have to when you have all these boys. So to back up just a second, how did y'all meet in college? Um, well, we were freshmen the same year, so same age. And um baseball and softball had we had like the freshman classes had um a class or a couple classes together, like a group of uh freshmen baseball players, freshman softball players. And then we also lifted at the same time. So it's like, mm. added me on Facebook. Hey, you guys should come over today. <laughs> Things like that. So that's kind of how we met. And okay. yeah. Because our middle son's a football player and he met a volleyball player at yeah, another in school. College, in college. So we okay. kind of had two athletes kind of meeting in yeah. college there. So. And they get pretty competitive. Yeah, too. they do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> and as the football player, he tends to hit her in the face a lot. He accidentally. Does. He smacks her a yeah, lot. Just accidentally. Accident. We try to talk to him about that. <laughs> He'll get it like he gets excited. Like he he watches every football game that's on. So when he uh-huh. gets excited, he'll like lift his hands and, he and he's, oh my face. gosh. Yeah. yeah. Jake is the same way. They'd probably be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I like block, dodging. Block. Yeah. And like <laughs> or give that's him the man seat so he has plenty of room to uh, between the each of you yeah <laughs> that's so cool so we had like the winter games are this week it's hard to believe the olympics yeah. are coming up again because y'all just got done it's been so weird Seems lately like just got done yeah. yeah yeah um so what was the you were on the olympic team that uh got the silver medal in softball it was awesome to watch it was yeah. fun and so what was like the process to get on the team and then what was it like to finally make the team? Yeah, so the process is kind of, it is a long process. It's different from like, say the 
women's soccer team where you they name a roster for each event our roster is named for each year but I still mm-hmm. think you get that kind of um, you have to try out every year competitions high every year and it's just it's kind of a grueling process because you know when you're in college you're on the team especially if you play you're 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 not afraid you know that you're going to get cut the next year you're assuming you're going to be there for four years even if you don't play like especially in softball like I don't think many coaches will cut players. Um, And so it is a mental grind to try out every year. I called it annual anxiety because it was just like, (laughs) you know, two months, especially during the holidays, because tryouts are normally the first week of January. So your holidays are just, you know, stressful trying to train and get ready for this one week of competing against the best in the country and the world. Um, So for the 2020 uh, Olympic team tryouts were in October of 2019. Um, and so it was the same tryout format, but it obviously felt a lot different than years prior, just because it was like, okay, this is, it was my sixth tryout, I think. So, um, it's like, I had made every team leading up to that tryout, but it's like, in all reality, this is the only tryout that matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was tough. I struggled. Some people, you know, it felt like just another tryout, but I was, um, you know, competing with a couple of other outfielders and um, it was very stressful. I also lost my grandma the first day of tryouts. So it was just, yeah, it was like emotionally just a grind for me. Um, But I mean, making the team, um, they send out an email at, they tell you what time the email is going to be sent out. So I left the hotel. My husband had come out. My family had come out actually, but we were staying with um, friends that we had in um, Norman, Oklahoma, because the child was in Oklahoma city. And I was like, I don't want to be at the, at the hotel just in case, you know, I, cause I was, my roommate was Aubrey Monroe. I was like pretty confident. Yeah. She was gonna, I was like, I don't want to be a downer if I don't make it. So, um, we were in our friend's living room and I opened up the list and I saw my name and I just like instantly like wow. just broke down. Cause it was just like, you know, six years in the making to this, like one moment was yeah. just very overwhelming. And Jake was with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's, yeah, that kind of goes back to that thriving part of your marriage. It seems like you guys really do what it takes to be there for each other, even mm-hmm. physically, not just a phone call, but like you get to where they are. And that's that. Yeah. I mean, we'll be married 30 years on that softball field uh, this year. And that's what it takes. I mean, show up, not just, not just yeah. be available by a phone call, but that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I love that. So once COVID hit, did they keep the same team? Like, because you had to wait another, gosh, another year. So mm-hmm. did they just yeah. keep the same team intact after you made it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. They they were unsure in the beginning of COVID if they could just extend the roster into 2021 or if they would have to have another tryout. And they um, were able to just keep the same roster. So okay. that was a huge relief. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to go through that again. (laughs) I finally made it. Don't do this to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like to attend the Olympics in Japan? Like, did you get to, I mean, we have views of the Olympic village from what they want us to see, but what was that like in Japanese culture? Like, tell us a little bit about like being there. 
Yeah, unfortunately, we um, have been going to Japan once or sometimes twice a summer since oh, okay. 2016. So actually 2015. So because we were trying to, um, they voted softball back into the Olympics in 2016. So my first year on the team was in 15. And they started saying like, we're going to go over there to try to gain, you know, momentum going into this 2016 vote, because okay. Japan loves softball and it ended up working. And so since then we've gone to Japan, um, at least once a year. And so we're pretty familiar with it. And then a lot of our teammates play in Japan or have played in Japan. So they kind of, um, know the culture and everything and I'm half Japanese. So it's just very cool to like, see that. I don't know when I would have ever had the opportunity to actually yeah. go to Japan. My dad has never been to Japan and he's, um, full Japanese. So it's just a really cool opportunity. Um, and then as far as the village, we didn't get to leave the village unless we were going to the venue because of COVID. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the village itself was awesome. Um, I mean, it's tight quarters. You're in a suite with four bedrooms, two to a bedroom. So there's eight in a suite. So we oh, had wow. eight in one suite, seven in another suite. So there's a team of 15 in like oh, two. Oh, wow. <laughs> Is there a bathroom apartment. for each suite? That's a lot of girls. There's two bathrooms. Okay, good. So, that yeah. helps. Not a lot well, of that still helps. Still a lot. Yeah, yeah, eight people, two bathrooms. You think that's okay? Yeah. Well, it's better than one bathroom. <laughs> you think that's okay? Well. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure, so like the sustainability aspect of it was really important to the Japanese people because there's a long history of, you know, countries going bankrupt or, um, you know, not being able to reuse the things that they built up for the Olympics. So mm. those rooms were kind of like the walls were really thin. It seemed like they were going oh. to probably afterwards, they knock down the walls and then make them into apartments, oh. um, which it would be a normal size, like one bedroom maybe two bedroom apartment um so yeah but it was awesome like we had one suite at one end um and then like the other suite was at the other end and then the baseball team was kind of in the middle of ours so we um and then you're in a usa building so your whole your the buildings are kind of divided into countries so like everybody has their flags outside of the building that's cool yeah, it's really cool. And everybody's walking around in their, you know, their swag like this. Uh -huh. And so you, you get to see like people from all over the world. And um, yeah, it's just an awesome environment. I always appreciate that. We've never, I've never been to an Olympics other than this one, but we go to Pan American games every four years and I've gone to two and that's like a mini Olympics with North and South America. Yeah. So that's always my favorite part is it's not just softball and it's, you know, people from all over. So yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the cafeteria too. <laughs> Delicious. I'm yeah. assuming it's all you can eat. It is. Okay, <laughs> With athletes there, they need to yeah. offer that. Yeah. yeah. So, so while you were in Japan, at the same time, you have Jake, who is called up by the Dodgers. So what was it like First of all, how'd you find out? And then what was it like? You both like reached the pinnacle of your sports at the same time. Yeah. So how cool was that? I mean, you, you can't make that stuff up, you know, like, yeah. it's just so crazy. Like looking back, um, just the, you know, the layout of softball not being in the Olympics um, until 
2020 and then him, you know, he's had success, plenty of success in his minor league career, plenty of opportunities to get called up and he just hadn't. And so I just look at that like culmination happening at the same time. And I'm just like, yeah, that's all God. Cause you can't, you can't make that up. Um, but yeah, so we went to Japan, we flew there, um, in the first few days of July to train, we train at a U.S. base. Um, usually when we go over there for longer trips to just sort of get acclimated time change and everything like that. So we were on a U.S. base in Iwakuni and he had gotten pulled up to the taxi squad, which is like two, two or three guys that are just ready. It kind of started during COVID just in case someone tested positive yeah. and then they could just, they already had someone. Cause there's a rule, like you can't fly commercial within 48 hours of being activated or something like that. So they would fly guys in, have them there, um, just in case. And so now I think they kind of use it for COVID, but also like if someone throws, you know, too many pitches one night, they can activate yeah. someone really quick. Um, and so he told, he got, he was told he was going to join the taxi squad. And so we were like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like a step closer, but he still yeah. wasn't on the 40 man or anything like that. And then he got told like, okay, so the plan is that you're going to, um, be activated. You might be activated tomorrow or something like that. And then, um, so then he told me like, keep your phone by you. And I was like, okay, no matter what time it is, like call me if you, cause I, I, I would understand if his parents were his first call, obviously I love them. They've been there since the beginning, but I've always wanted to be the first call, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I wanted to be me. and, um, and so then, um, yeah, he, uh, Dave Roberts told him like, okay, yeah, Reed, we're going to activate you today. And he was like, okay. And then he was like, wait, is this your debut? And he was like, yeah. And he was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And like gave him a hug and everything. And so then he walked out to the stadium and then he, I woke up to my phone buzzing underneath my pillow and it was like four in the morning or something like that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's only one reason why he would be calling me right now. So I opened, uh, or I answered the FaceTime and it was it was a really cool moment to be able to share, um, even though we weren't together. And um, a lot of people were like, oh, are you bummed? Like you didn't get to be there. And I'm like, that thought never once crossed my mind because I was like, I am here for the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? you had like, something going on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, and I wouldn't wish the timing had been different at all. It was, yeah. it was, the timing was so cool. And I was like, this makes perfect sense for like our life. You know, it just, yeah. it fits the script. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Could you even fall back asleep or were you up for the day? Yeah, no. So then I, <laughs> I FaceTimed like my family and told them, and then I sent a group text to like my closest friend on the team. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'm sorry, it's like 5 a.m., but Jake is like getting called up today. And then uh-huh. um, my one of my teammates, Michelle Moultrie, she was like, I just happened to like wake up and see your message. She's like, can I come give you a hug? So she like runs down the hall uh-huh. at like 5 a.m. and like gives me a hug. And then, you know, we're all getting up pretty early because of jet lag. And so like 6 a.m. ish, 6.30 a.m., like my friends come to my room and we like made waffles and they just uh-huh. like celebrated with me. And it was, it was amazing. That's so cool. So did you get on the MLB app and follow him? What time 
your time, what time was his game? So his game was during our practice that day. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So um, everybody found out. And so then, um, yeah, we were practicing. And then I asked my head coach, I'm like, can I have Chris, our director of ops, like person, director of national teams, like, I'm like, can he watch the game? And like, when he gets in, can I like step out and just watch? And he was like, of course, like Coach Erickson's a huge baseball fan. And obviously he's known like our story. He's, I've been on the team for a while. So yeah, Chris like called me over. And so I got to watch it live. I got to watch his outing live. That's so cool. So how did he do like in his first? He did good. He got like I think it, the first batter was like a ground out or something, and then he got his first strikeout like within yeah. the first, first two batters, which was like nice to just get that out of the way. Yeah, and then um, and then like it was a it was a controversial. Um, well, it was it was not ruled an error, and then it was ruled an error, and then they changed it uh, back to not being an error. So he did technically allow one run, but it yeah. was it was an it error. It was questionable. We all know it really wasn't it was questionable. You know, we all know. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, but then, so- like, he went on to like pitch like five out of the next seven days. Wow. So it was just like we would get finished like lifting, and then you know, he would be pitching and everyone would be around. And like, it was just, it was a really cool like experience to have everybody like, is he pitching today? Did he pitch yeah, today? Yeah. And like getting to share that. And he did really well in that first week. And so it was really fun. Yeah. It's like having watch parties every time he was in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, cool. <laughs> that's very cool. That's so cool. And you've described these women as powerhouse, a spiritual powerhouse of women. So how did, how did you, how, tell us about them. Like, what was your teammates like and how going through all that competition, but also like, why did you describe them that way? A spiritual powerhouse of women. Um, well, so me and like, I mean, there's a big group of us that, um, you know, we have Bible studies and we do worship nights and it was really cool to have that community on the road because, you know, most we're usually not able to go to church or, you know, be involved in a church community because we're traveling so much. And so it was just awesome to have that on the team, like Mm. just the odds of having that many people that, you know, wanted to, wanted to spend time praying together, spend time worshiping together, doing a devotional together is, um, is just amazing. And so, yeah, there's like, some nights, I mean, the f- night before our first game, I think we had like our whole team out in the halls and we were, um, Michelle Moultrie travels with her guitar. She's a travel guitar and oh, wow. she brought it all the way to Japan. And, um, so she, we were just playing music and people just started coming out of their rooms. And, oh, you know, wow. even if everybody, it's not a part of everybody's everyday routine, I think it was appreciated and respected by everybody. And, um, so it was just like, it was just a really cool experience to have that, um, with the people on my team. And our team was just full of like great people. And so it was just, um, it was just awesome to experience that with people, with just good humans, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, um, and then obviously like I have some of my best friends on the team, um, and we do ministry together. And so, um, yeah, having them there, I, I just like, 
I think it still hasn't hit each one of us. Like, what are the chances that God gave us each other, you know, to go through this experience with one another? Because none of us were really friends before we made it to the USA team. And now we're like best friends. So it's pretty crazy. So how does your Christian faith impact? Like how you, how you play, how you work, how you practice in and out, like every day. Yeah. I, I mean, it's pretty much everything to me, like even on the field, I think, you know, a lot of people would say it's everything to them off the field, but even on the field, um, you know, I was, I graduated in 2015. We weren't sure if softball was going to be in the Olympics and six years was looking really long for me. Um, and I remember in 2016, we found out that softball was back in the Olympics and I was so excited for the sport, but personally, and I don't know if I've ever like really told anyone this, but like, personally, i kind of was a little stressed. Like I was like, okay, so this is what my goal is going to be for the next, you know, five years or four years. It just felt like very overwhelming. And one of my outfield coach, Laura Berg, who went to four Olympics, she was like, four years goes fast. Like I promise you. And I was like, I just went to college and that seemed like a while, like four years (laughs) seems like a long time. And um, yeah. And, and, you know, Jake and I were thinking about getting married. And so it was just like, it was kind of hard for me to buy in. And I just remember praying like, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do, like, I'm going to need you to like, give me just a fire for it because I was feeling a little bit like burnt out or I could see myself getting to that point. And he really answered that prayer. And I was, I just remember kind of like, falling in love with the game again and just like falling in love with the process like lifting and working hard and I've never been someone that likes um like I've I kind of have liked lifting but I didn't like running I didn't like you know just like being exhausted like I wasn't a fan of you know I just didn't enjoy it I was that was one of the biggest reasons why I was scared to go to a D1 college is like I'm like I'm gonna be out of breath a lot and um yeah I just like kind of I grew into really loving the whole process and so um yeah and then also just like understanding like how to be a professional athlete but not you know, find my identity in Mm. my athletics and my successes and my failures. My USA career was not as decorated as my college career. I had a lot of, um, it was just a totally different ball game, fewer games, um, you know, like tougher pitching. It was just hard to find a rhythm and, and, um, feel comfortable. And so, um, it was a huge challenge. And I think that my faith, just grounded me, you know, regardless of what I was going through and, um, and really gave me a sense of purpose in what I was doing. Cause I don't know if I would have been able to push through all these years with just the motivation of going to the Olympics. I know it's a huge deal, but, um, like I said, in the beginning, like I've, I've loved softball, but it wasn't, you know, my obsession. And so what has really kept me going and has really motivated me is, 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 is just like believing that, okay, I was given this talent for a reason. And I was given this, these abilities for a reason. So I'm going to, I'm going to go after it as hard as I can. I think that's such a key piece to not wrap your identity up in that, but know where your identity is found and to find your purpose there. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And it's also funny to me because you're super fast, like you're known for your speed, but you don't (laughs) like running. So that, that's, that's kind of funny. 
Yeah, I don't like I don't like being tired. <laughs> yeah, you don't like long distances. I don't yeah. want to get around the bases really. Quick. I don't like running yeah. or being tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we play co-ed together. We do. We still Listen, do. you you will never meet a faster adult man in your life. Nobody, because in co-ed, I don't know if you know, it's you bat guy girl. So oh, yes. no girl wants to bat behind him. What do you call it when you're batting in front of, in front of me? Oh yeah. I, I hate batting in front of you because it's like, I say, it's like the lion taking down the gazelle in national geographic. Like you are on my butt before yeah. I even like leave. Oh, first place. He's it's right so there. Good. And I'm like, what are you doing here? You know, you're, you're a station to station. I'm station to station. Yeah. And the only reason I'm going to take two bases is if you're coaching third and I have to hear about it on the way. Out. <laughs> I love it when I get well, to see that. No, I don't know if you guys saw that Jake actually got in that bat. Um, no, he did. I didn't see that. Yeah. No. How did that He's go? Actually, hi, I'm talking about you. <laughs> he he can tell podcast, you were talking about him. Right He's like, oh, sorry. Oh, no, but He's he, like, what um, are you saying about me? Yeah. He, he pitched like three innings in relief and so his spot came up and they like left him in and he hasn't he didn't he didn't hit in college or anything like that so he's gets up off of max scherzer and they give him like a bunt sign and the first pitch he like waves at a ball like in the dirt and they're like oh maybe you should just swing so then he just like he swings at the second pitch. It's like a bouncer up the middle. Corey Seager like checks the runner at second and then thinks he still has time. But Jake's like actually really fast too. Oh, really? And yeah. so he beats the throw out and then they put this graphic up that like his feet per second was like tied with someone else really fast in the big leagues. Like it was hilarious. That's awesome. And like he he ran through first base and like did the like save yeah. thing. I was like, that is like just a true competitor right there classic. yeah that's that awesome classic that's you awesome. always you come up from a slide with the safe side yeah always. i do whether i'm always. out or not you gotta yes. let them know you gotta let I, know what you think you gotta yeah. let know what you think yeah yeah <laughs> so like for young athletes out there like being a christian athlete it's hard sometimes to balance you know your competitiveness and competitiveness and wanting to do well so mm-hmm. what are some things you do to kind of you mentioned being grounded but like even within a game when you make mistakes, how do you not tear up the dugout or, cause that's something that any of us can do when we get upset. So are there things that you do to kind of remind yourself, okay, here's what I'm really here for mm-hmm. as a yeah. Christian athlete. Yeah. And I, I was a crier my whole, like growing <laughs> up, like I, it took a lot for me to stop crying when I got out. Um, my oh, mom wow. was like, okay, it's getting to the point where this is embarrassing. <laughs> I just get so frustrated. And um, I learned to obviously stop crying, but inside I still felt the same. You know, it was just this like sense of like agony when I would, you know, not do well. And really like when I was in college, I was like, I'm so tired of feeling this way, you know, like yeah, I can, I can fake it on the outside that like everything's fine, but also I'm probably, I'm not very good at faking it. You can usually tell what I'm feeling when you look at me, but (laughs) um, yeah, I was just like really tired of being that type of teammate, just like not outwardly like crazy, but you know, if someone feels like, oh, don't talk to Janie right now, she's still upset. Like, I don't want to be that type of teammate. And I, I was just really tired of feeling so frustrated every time I didn't do well. And, um, and then I remember like I was in college and I was growing in my faith and I'm like, 
what am I playing softball for? Like, what is softball for? Um, you know, I could be going on mission trips or like helping people that need food or water or something like I was having a very existential moment. And I just remember like thinking, you know, um, like I just really felt like God reminded me that like, there are people suffering like all over the world, but there are also like people suffering on my team and there's, and I've been put on this team for a reason. And, Um, I can be a light to the people around me. I can encourage people around me. I can love people really well around me. And that just gave me a whole new perspective on how to respond to failure because I started looking at it as an opportunity to show my teammates, like, this isn't where my joy is. This isn't where my hope lies, you know? And I just kind of had that conviction of like, when I act like it's the end of the world, like what I'm communicating is that it is the end of the world for me and that my identity is in this and not Jesus. And like, if I'm trying to share Jesus with my teammates, like then I'm not, I'm kind of giving them this false image of what it means to, you know, have your hope in the Lord. And so that changed big time for me. And then, you know, just learning that you work as hard as you can. Cause I think that's the temptation too, for some people who become Christians, they're like, I need to quit sports. Like, cause what am I doing? Or I don't like how competitive I do feel in these moments, but I think like it's, you know, God's given you gifts and abilities. And so you work as hard as you can, yeah. but then in the end you have to just, you know, understand that ultimately it's up to him. So I kind of like, like to think of it, the image of just kind of opening your hands, you know, you're like, you're working as hard as you can. And then it's just like, but in the end, like it's, it's ultimately up to him. And so just kind of keeping that perspective. That's the good stuff right there for you. So you, we talked about your connection with your teammates on the U S team, your spiritual connection. So that kind of turned into something called church on the dirt. So tell us what church on the dirt is all about. So Church on the Dirt started, um, I was coaching right out of college um, during the year when I wasn't playing with USA. And um, I was in Southern California where a lot of the big softball, travel softball showcases happen um, in Southern California in Huntington Beach. And I was working with FCA in the area and we were trying to like get people to come to our camps. And I just, I was like, well, what if we like go to where they already are? Like all the people that we're trying to reach are already at in Huntington beach at this tournament. And so, um, just that idea of going to where people are already are. And then also, um, just like growing up, I, my mom and my dad would take us to Saturday night service, like in our uniforms after our games, but, um, you know, not a lot of either you don't have Saturday night service or you're not able to go to church because of sports on Sundays or on the weekends. And so we just wanted to kind of like be like set up, you know, church and provide a place where people could feel like they could still, um, you know, have a place to worship and just kind of get like that taste of church. Um, on a Sunday when they're at the field and a lot of parents, I think, you know, at least what they told us is that they like feel guilty for feeling like they have to choose between softball and their faith. And a lot of, um, softball players grow the most when they're done with college. Cause they like finally have time. And so we're just like, you know, that shouldn't be the case. So we're trying to just show people that like you, even if you can't be there, you, there's still ways that, you know, you can incorporate it into your 
into your weekend. And then obviously it could still be the center of your life, even though it might look different than people who are at church every single Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, That's, we kind of did something like that too, with our kids, because it's a big deal. You know, when you have kids and they're like, people are like, are you going to take your kids out of church on Sunday to go to this game? Or are they going to be at church? I mean, it's a controversial thing. You'll get there one day. And you're like, I, you know, you're going to, if your team's going to have to forfeit because you decided to go to church instead. And so we were faced with that. And we, we kind of did the same thing with one of the teams we coached with one of our kids. And we said, Hey, warm up starts at nine. We're going to be at the field with donuts and orange juice at eight 15 for Bible study. So you guys want to come out. Um, we'll be here and have church at the field, which is super impactful for people that may or may not have gone to church even otherwise, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of how we, we, we just met that somewhere in the middle, I guess. And it was a great, I mean, like, I think our kids won't forget that. I think that was really cool. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the biggest like thing is like, I've thought I've been thinking about this is a lot lately is because sometimes like, you know, we can make much of like, what, what is the devotional that we're going to share? And like, what am I going to say? And like, although that matters and that definitely should, we should think about those things. I think what matters most is just like, communicating to the kids that like, this is a priority, you know, like we are using our platform to pretty much just like show other travel ball kids and parents that like church is a priority. And I think it, you know, it does matter. And I think that that speaks volumes more than, you know, what you choose to share that, that day. So that's awesome. I love that you guys did that. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to have four walls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When I love what you said about, not like being a top college athlete you felt like you didn't have time and I love how you talked about you should incorporate it into your life it shouldn't be something because really our middle son that we talked about Jake um his girlfriend is a big time volleyball player and that's all she's like she's always been so focused on that Mm -hmm. and she for this semester she decided I'm not going to play and she's realized how much she didn't focus on her faith while she was doing that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just ha- when you said that, it kind of like, oh yeah, that's exactly that's how exactly Kate has felt. Yeah. yeah for because sure. she spent so much time ingrained yeah. in her sport that mm-hmm. she didn't feel like she had time for other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a huge commitment. I can't even imagine. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I think just figuring out like, yeah, what works best for you. And I think it ultimately is about your heart. Like, I think that's the biggest struggle. Like, you know, athletes, college athletes, they have to go to like 6 a.m. weight. So it's like, I'm not getting up before that to do a Devo in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. And so, yeah. And like, so, you know, maybe your time is in the evening or whatever, but I think just like prioritizing it and um, following through with that, I feel like, you know, ultimately God cares about your heart. And so I think he honors that. Like there have been times where I, I knew with our schedule, I'm not going to get time with God in the morning, but I can get time with him in the evening. And so even though I prefer, you know, to have it start my day, like I could do something, do something else um, in the morning, just like acknowledge God and then, you know, kind of have more of an in-depth time in the evening. But yeah, it is. It's so hard. And finding new routines like that's something you know, my schedule is always changing. It's always different. We're always in different places. And I think sometimes you figure something out that works for you and then something changes and disrupts that and it can just like throw everything out of whack. And so I think, yeah, it's, 
when you're in a sport and you and you want to prioritize your faith you it's it's it takes a lot of like figuring out and um it's not going to be as easy as someone that's able to go to every wednesday night every sunday you know right so for sure so what is next for janie what what's on your plate now where are you headed um right now well we um we bought a house in October in San Diego. Oh, so San yeah, Diego. we, hey, yes. we love San Diego. We do love San Diego. We should visit. We should. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I yeah, can't believe that we live here, but um, <laughs> yeah. So we've been just kind of trying to settle in. We haven't had a home base pretty much ever. Um, and so this, that's been really nice. Um, we are waiting to hear when the baseball lockout will end yeah. so we can go yeah. to spring training. Um, so that's kind of TBD. And then um, just diving back into church on the dirt, been kind of, you know, busy the last year. So yeah. hadn't really, um, hadn't really gotten to do a lot of that. And then also I'm working with um, a company called hit tracks, which is um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's like a simulation system. So uh, cameras and, um technology that when you like hit a ball it'll tell you like what's the exit velocity how far oh. is it gonna go and it's kind of like looks like a video game screen it's it's awesome but they're trying to launch on their fast pitch side um an app called riser which um they have four instructors right now i'm one of them and we record hitting lessons and then also mental training lessons oh, and so cool. it's kind of like a online coaching platform so i've been doing that. And that's really awesome. I, I love it. I love that mental training is part of it. Cause I feel like we can connect with so many young yeah, athletes. For yeah. sure. Have you been working with Jake on his running and his base, on his base running, just <laughs> in case primary on his secondary lead. Yeah. Second primary, <laughs> secondary lead. Yes. I mean, he, it's just, it comes natural for him, but yeah. what I have telling him, I have been telling him that um, we do need to work on his hitting because his hitting is a little. <laughs> it's like, don't embarrass me while you're up there. Maybe he can right. download the app. Yeah. You know, maybe he can get that. Yeah, so he's exactly. like, is he signed with the Mets? Like he's with the Mets, right? Yes. Yes. Does, yeah. Does he, does he find out news about baseball just like we do? Like there's a tweet yeah. or ESPN. <laughs> yes. He didn't really get a secret phone call or anything, does he? No. And no. whenever people ask him like, so what's going on with baseball? He's like, you know, just as much as yeah. I do, that's his line. <laughs> and then, I mean, even like, the Mets offering him a contract for 2022. He was at a Christian baseball conference and his mom saw a tweet and then that like the Mets had tendered him a contract and like sent it to me. And I was like, how come you didn't tell me? He's like, this is me finding out right now. <laughs> oh man. I didn't know. Wow. That is so we think crazy. it's, we think it's so complicated and they make sure the player knows and all that, but they really don't do they? It's not that complicated. Yeah. It's just like, he finds out like we do. Okay. Yeah. I have one last question. Okay. What is okay. your degree? Journalism. Oh, oh cool. Okay. Just yeah. curious. I mean, yeah. I didn't know if it played in any of this technology stuff you were doing. Yeah, but, not really. I, yeah. I mean, I, I thought I wanted to be a sideline reporter. That's okay. like why I picked journalism, but then going to school, I got to do like photojournalism, videography. Um, and so I really fell in love with storytelling. And so I think, uh, more than anything, that's probably how like things tie in together for me is just kind of like sharing my story, sharing other people's stories, stuff like that. Yeah. That's so cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we think we can't thank you enough. This was yeah. so fun for me, like total fun, awesome. girl. I mean, you guys if you're are ever in Texas time. on a Friday night and you want to play a pickup softball <laughs> game, 
That's when we usually play co-ed pretty low key, so, you know, slow pitch because we're old. And well, we could have Janie as the ringer. And if Jake happens to be with I you. I mean, if he happens yeah. to be with we, we also have a kid that lives with us, lived with us last year. He's with the minors and we are host home for him. Yeah. So, you know, he could come out. Hey, we could we, we stack this we team. Could, we could sweep up this <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> oh, oh, awesome. Yeah, we you thank you so much for sharing your story and spending your time with us. We just really enjoyed this. Appreciate it so much. Well, thank you. You guys were so fun to talk to. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Tell right. tell Jake thanks for giving us the time too. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Take we'll care. see you later. Right. You guys have a great day. All right, you too. Scott, she is so much more than just an Olympic athlete. So she, much more. Yeah, she has a lot going for her. Yeah, and I just love them as a couple. Yeah. And how they integrate their Christian faith into everything they do. Mm, and support Even each their other. competitiveness. Yeah. Like, it's all a part of who they are. All right, I love so, it. So, so cool. Yes, and the message that she sends to young kids about where your identity lies and not your identity lying not in a sport. It's really cool. Yeah. Um. So... We are so excited because the Winter Olympics are about to start. When do they start? They start February 3rd, which is today. Today? Yeah. Wow. I'm so excited. <laughs> what is your favorite Winter Olympic sport? Well, other than curling, which I love. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I've grown to love curling. Not love. And, like, understand. Yeah, there's something intriguing about it. Yeah. Even though it's not, like, a fast, like, extreme sport. I don't I still know like why it. it's called that. Curling, I we'd have to investigate that. I don't know. That's for another podcast. We'll have to talk what's, to some of our what's Canadian your friends. Real favorite one. I've really gotten to where I like the snowboarding. Oh, okay. And just watching like Sean White and all those yeah. people just do things that I don't. I don't understand where they think of these things. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna flip six times in the air and land. It's like yeah. I, I wouldn't even think of doing that. <laughs> So I kind of love that. How about you? Um, my favorite is probably like the slalom. I like the downhill fast. I mean, they're kind of quick. You know the results right then. There's like, it's just like, I don't know, instant. Well, and speaking of results that you don't get, we've talked about figure skating before, yeah. which I love watching the figure skating. But we've also talked about it's it's a judge sport. Yeah. So it's hard to know exactly who the winner is. Like right. in other sports... Like if it's timed and all that. And I yeah. guess even in snowboarding, there is some judging to that. So there is some subjectiveness to that. Right. So it's hard to balance that for me. But I do enjoy the figure skating too. And just kind of watching, you know, they do different types of programs and yeah. how they get a score here. And it adds into this score. Right. And, it's just and you can, of it. and you might not agree with the score they were yeah. given. But when you're on a timed event, you know, that's the score. Yeah. That's how fast it is. Yeah, I like this song. So we hope you really enjoyed this episode with Janie Reed. She's absolutely amazing. Go Team USA. Here we go, Olympics. Hardy party of five and a half over and out. We'll see you next time. <laughs>